One, two, three. Welcome to Highest Potential with Steve Pettit, a podcast that explores how Bob Jones University empowers individuals to reach their highest potential for God's glory. Well, we'd like to welcome you today to our, our podcast of Highest Potential. We're trying to help people reach their highest potential for God's glory. And today we are honored to have Dr. Gary Weir with us, who is the Provost and Executive Vice President of Bob Jones University along with Dr. Beverly Cormican from her home in Atlanta, Georgia. She is Vice Provost for Strategic Initiatives, and she is the Dean of the School of Continuing Online and Professional Education, we fondly call SCOPE, which is our online and non-traditional programs. So uh, welcome, Gary. Glad you're here with us. Well, thank you, Dr. Pettit. It's great to be here. And thank you, Beverly, for being with us today on the telephone line from Atlanta, Georgia. Thank you. I'm happy to be here with you and Gary this afternoon. Well, of course, uh, we are talking today about higher education, and that's our business here at Bob Jones University. And of course, this is on the minds of literally millions of people as we look forward to this fall and wondering what's going to be happening. Uh, what is the impact of the coronavirus on our campuses, the mindsets of parents and students? So let me begin with just a very general question, and that is, how would you describe these times today for education, Gary? Uh, unprecedented. I mean, that's a, that's a key word that comes to mind. I don't think anybody could have anticipated the suddenness and um, the widespread effect the virus has had on, on higher education and, of course, all sectors of society. Um, odd is another word that comes to mind. It's, it's just weird to be here on campus in April, one of our busiest months of the year, and there are no students. Nobody's here. Faculty and staff. I mean, there are a few here for essential, but it, it's, it's, it's very quiet. It's surreal. I mean, that's another word that we hear a lot of people using to describe their lives right now. And that's the way it feels for us here at BJU right now. How about you, Beverly, down in Georgia? Well, I would agree with Gary. It is, uh, it is surreal. It is uh, just very weird. Um, but from a different vantage point for our online programs, they they just continue. That's how they've operated is online, but it's uh, it's different, you know, for a residential student and an online student. Uh, but it has definitely been weird. Well, it it is definitely a new normal, and it came very very quickly. And in some worlds, they would call it a black swan. And so it's definitely a different time. So a question I want to ask as we get moving forward here is what has been the immediate impact uh, on students at Bob, Jones at Bob Jones University following the coronavirus and the closing of the school? Well, I, I think what you just said, the, the suddenness of it all, how quickly um, it happened, it was sudden change for our students to uh, here in chapel when you announced that on March 12th that the next day we would be suspending classes uh, on the campus because of the, the virus. So that brought sudden change to their lives. Uh, many of them, the seniors particularly, began to realize the things that they'd been, been looking forward to for the remaining weeks just, just weren't going to happen. And so it was sudden change. And 
and shock for them. I think that was a big part of it. And then, of course, as, as weeks have and days have gone by, I think another big effect on students and really all of us is that this has had personal effect on us. It's affect our, affected our lives very personally. Uh, for example, me in my own situation, I had a close friend, a very, very close friend, was diagnosed with the virus and actually was in the hospital for some time for a few days. And thankfully, praise the Lord, is on the road to recovery. But uh, I also have a son-in-law who's a nurse. And of course, uh, having somebody on the front lines in the health professions, it, it just affects you personally. And we know that we have this is true of our students. They've had family members affected by this. Maybe somebody in their family who's been diagnosed with the virus, maybe a parent who's lost a job or new financial pressures or, or somebody in their home who's vulnerable to the disease, so they have to take all kinds of precautions. So it's, it's been very personal in its effects. Mm. How about you, Beverly? Uh, same, you know, it's very personal. Um, and I think for our, for our online traditional students, they were already balancing part-time or full-time work in their own education online, but then they've had this added responsibility of perhaps managing their children now being at home, now being homeschoolers, or caring for family members and perhaps working on the front lines fighting the coronavirus. So those are some of the immediate things that come to my mind. Well, it's definitely put everybody in difficult situations and has stretched a lot of people uh, it's going to affect a lot of people emotionally. Uh, That's right. And especially going forward, and, and we're seeing that even with our own students. So as we, as we look at this decision that had to be made, uh, actually standing up in front of the student body one day telling them that all classes would end tomorrow and that we would prepare for our own online presentation, how was Bob Jones University prepared to pivot to remote instruction. Gary? Well, I don't think uh, any college could be said that they'd be fully prepared for something like that, but you know, God has definitely shown himself strong in our behalf, and, and certainly uh, we've had things in, in place for a number of years to help us along these lines. So overall, the transition, I think, has gone pretty smoothly um, in terms of how prepared we were for it. Um, I think one of the things that has really helped us significantly through this, and we see this shine out, is the, the faculty and staff here and their commitment to the mission of BJU. I think that's been a key way uh, because we have that longstanding commitment that our, that our people have been prepared to help do this. And then I think with the work that Beverly and her team have done in SCOPE, which uh, I know she'll, she'll talk more about here in, a, in just a minute, has been a huge um, help for us. The fact that we had many classes online already, faculty with experience doing that. And even in our resident courses, the LMS, the learning management system that we use, Canvas, our faculty have gotten accustomed to using that in their resident classes. So that not only helped the faculty, but it also helped the students because they were used to doing even resident work digitally and online. So that was a big factor in, in our being prepared. But again, I'd say, you know, your leadership, particularly um, in making a quick decision, uh, getting the right mindset among our faculty and staff. The, those have been big ways that have helped us to make this what we're calling a pivot for us. Well, I think we were able to make um, what seemed to be a pretty quick decision because we had so many things, so many foundational preparations going on before we even got to the decision that had to be made. That's right. I mean, we announced to the student body um, in chapel on Thursday the 12th, which is at 11 o'clock, I announced it to the faculty 
at 8.15 that morning. Mm -hmm. So they had like a two and a half hour head start on it. But again, by, by God's grace, uh, we were able to make the pivot. And Beverly, uh, how do you see how BJU is prepared to pivot? Well, to, to uh, echo some of Gary's comments, I mean, we already had built several of our core courses. The residential core courses were already online and, of course, already have several online graduate programs. So the shift to remote was not as painful as it could have been. We already had uh, transitioned to a new LMS platform, our learning management system, a couple years ago, and we've already converted uh, courses over to that new platform. And then, as Gary was mentioning, I mean, we have our dedicated faculty. We also have a dedicated team of instructional designers who were able to come alongside faculty and our uh, Center for Effective Teaching and Engaged Learning, our CTEL group, to support their pivot from face-to-face -to, -face to remote learning. And also, you know, many of our faculty, as Gary said, had already used the Canvas LMS, but they've also taught online for us. So several of them already had that exposure, and I think that was a good jump start for us. And, and if I could just add real quick, as I, I think about some of the things that, that Beverly just mentioned, um, you know, we've mentioned the work of, of CTEL, we've mentioned the work of SCOPE and the instructional designers and the faculty, but... I think it's very, very important to emphasize that a key thing that prepared us for this is, is the work of our staff, uh, the IT department, all of their work, um, student life, the tremendous support that our students receive uh, through student life, discipling them, uh, meeting their, their, their needs, just the support structure at BJU. Without that, you know, I don't know how we'd make a pivot like this. So that, that, that's huge in all of this. And then, of course, you know, the, the focus that we have here, um, our foundation being the sufficiency of Scripture and pointing our students to that, the foundation that has been built, and tune, turning all of our hearts in that direction. Um, you know, you can't, you can't make a change like, like we've had to make as quickly and as smoothly as it's gone without God's grace. That is so true. Uh, just for those of you that, that may not know, our, our online offerings are found online at scope.bju.edu, or you could just type in scope and BJU in Google and you'll find it. Beverly, could you just real quickly tell us exactly what it is that we have online for those that are interested in either professional, uh, these are uh, adult learning or even other students that are interested in our online programs? Certainly. So as I mentioned earlier, we, we do have most of our core courses online. That, that would be mostly our 100 and 200 level courses. And we're always adding courses to that portfolio. Uh, in addition, we have um, several graduate programs online, several in uh, education, several in like biblical studies, uh, biblical counseling. Um, we also have one, a Master of Sport Administration and Coaching. And then our newest offerings are in degree completion programs. Those are targeted at students who have several credits of their undergraduate already completed, but just never finished their degree. So the two that we offer right now are the RN to BSN, and then also um, degree completion in professional studies. Well, thank you, Beverly. I think folks are interested in knowing exactly what we have. And so with that in mind, um, what do you see as the future of higher higher education going forward, or 
maybe I could say, how has the pandemic impacted higher education change going forward? How do we see that? And I'm going to start with you, with Beverly, with you on that. Sure. So for Bob Jones University, we like to think about um, beyond the four-year degree. I think many times in our society, we think about the four-year undergraduate degree, and we really are trying to think more in terms of a 60-year curriculum. That's kind of a new term uh, used in uh, the higher ed landscape. Most of our recent graduates will hold what many estimate to be an average of 17 positions over their career. And the workplace is constantly changing, so to be competitive, continuous workforce development in the form of certificates, micro-credentials, stackable credentials, that will be the norm going forward. And uh, speaking about micro-credentials, a lot of times people say, well, what in the world is that? It's really a fairly recent concept. It probably has had different terms over the years, but it's really continuous um, education. It's uh, the response to the skills gap caused by new t- technologies. Essentially, micro-credentials are bite-sized chunks of education, whether de- delivered in an online course or boot camp certificate format or an apprenticeship, uh, usually from a traditional university or specialty provider or just some other online learning platform. And we know uh, from, from our data that we see uh, in higher education that the shelf life of new technology skills typically is about three years, but, and core digital skills change even faster. But the in-demand skills that are non-technical are the skills that will always be important. Those are skills that are uniquely human, skills such as critical thinking, problem solving, collaboration, adaptability, negotiation, or a few of those skills. Those skills coupled with key communication skills such as oral communication, the ability to relate to others, listening regularly, those skills show up on employer lists of what they are seeking when hiring new employees. Yeah, I'd and like... I think that's where our future will be in helping students mm-hmm. gain those particular skills. Yeah, I definitely would say that that is a major emphasis of our education here, especially in the area of character development, soft skills, and communication skills. Dr. Weir? Yeah, I would, I would primarily echo what Beverly just said. I think you know more and more people are looking for a relevant education. That was in play before the pandemic. It's even more in play now. And you know, thankfully, what is relevant are the kinds of soft skills or people skills that, that Beverly was just uh, alluding to. So as she said, micro-credentials are going to be big going forward, and it's not just for the post-traditional student. It's for the traditional college student. They might be doing a degree in business or a degree in ministry or in some other area, and they want to embed some sort of skill set or some sort of certification within that. I think we're going to see that continue to, to increase. I think we're going to see an increase in experiential learning where students want to apply immediately what they're learning uh, in the class through projects. I even think of what happened earlier this semester during Bible conference and um, our student body and how they rallied together in all kinds of creative ways to to raise money, to raise over $180,000 to purchase this stork bus for Save the Storks. That was, in, in some measure at least, applying what they were learning uh, through their education here. So that kind of experiential learning is going to be really important going forward. And then I think there's going to be a recognition that more and more students are going to be working. 
while they're in college. They're going to need to do that. So that's going to be a big change on, on colleges like BJU in terms of how do we support students who need to be working uh, while, they're in, while they're in college. So how is uh, Bob Jones right now adapting to these changes? Well, under your leadership, uh, you know, we got the, the pedal to the metal already, so we appreciate that. Um, I think, as I think about BJU and our adaptation to these changes, it's not really changing us, of course, off of our mission at all. It's not changing our, even the direction that we were headed in strategically. It's simply emphasizing it and accelerating it. So, for example, some of the things that Beverly just talked about in terms of making sure that those key competencies, they're, they're actually from a lot of research from an, an, an entity called uh, the National Association of Colleges and, and Employers, key skills that, that students really want. We've been working very aggressively to make sure that students recognize we actually do have those in our curriculum, ways to learn problem solving, critical thinking, ways to learn to communicate better, uh, global dexterity uh, is another big thing that we emphasize. So these kinds of things we were already embedding within our curriculum. We're just working to accelerate that um, even more. I think we're looking to leverage the, the skills and strengths of our faculty and staff even more. They have all kinds of creative ideas of new micro-credentials that, that can be offered. I think coming out of this, obviously, there's going to be a focus on the healthcare industry. So we have a growing school of health professions. We have a, a new facility, Lord willing, that will open up um, in the first floor of our library in the fall. But there's opportunity to add what we already have in place with, with key kinds of micro-credentials. For example, one thing that comes to my mind is a lot of healthcare workers are going to be exhausted and at the place of burnout after this. How can we minister to them? How can we provide maybe even partnering between the seminary and the School of Health Professions to create some micro-credentials, some training, some help uh, that reaches out to those in the healthcare um, industry. So there, there are a lot of opportunities that we specifically can, can focus on through our mission um, as a result of all this. And Beverly? Well, um, to, uh, to further what Dr. Weir mentioned, uh, through SCOPE, we, you know, we offer several fully online grad programs already and, and a couple certificates. Um, but we're also looking forward to building certificate programs that respond to other workforce development needs. And I'll give you two examples. Uh, one such certificate uh, is focused on in-demand soft skills, will be a, a leadership development program. And that program is a very practical behavior-based program targeted at individual contributors, supervisors, mid-level managers. Uh, this certificate will also have an option for the healthcare and the manufacturing environments both of which are high-demand industries in Greenville and the upstate. And that's really where we're trying to win is uh, to have programs that meet the demands of our local area and our region here. Another in-demand program we are looking to launch in the fall is a degree completion program in business uh, with a focus on accounting and finance. Uh, again, that's a, another high-demand area in Greenville and the upstate. We've uh, been hearing that for at least two to three years now. And we are going to respond with a program that we hope will launch this fall. Also, uh, we've been focused on our infrastructure to support our students. Our enrollment services team is redefining its processes to be more responsive to students. Uh, we, we know from uh, practice and from the landscape 
that our um, students um, appreciate when someone helps them navigate the inquiry to advising to enrollment cycle. So our desire is to provide our students a one-stop shop experience for those particular uh, areas of when they are initially inquiring, to applying, to admission, and to advising, and then finally enroll into their courses. So that's something we are actively working on right now to streamline that process. Uh, and then another key focus is really our faculty development. We have great faculty, and we have revamped our faculty training programs for course development and course facilitation to equip them to succeed in teaching an online course and providing our students a great engaged learning experience. Well, thank you so much. I this this always is encouraging, gives us a lot of hope. So, uh, so I'd like to ask one final question, and that is: in the midst of so much change, what is it that will remain constant in higher education? I, th I think that that is a very um, important question because our focus right now is on change and being adaptable, and that's and that's very important, but. As believers, particularly, we also need to have those key anchor points and think about what, what should remain the same, what, what should not change. And obviously, uh, as we talked about before, our commitment to Scripture, our foundation on Scripture as a, as a Christian liberal arts change uh, college should not change um, at all. You know, one specific thing is I've been thinking about not just BJU, but all these other colleges, it's been interesting during the midst of all this change what they have sought to preserve through all of this. And one of the things that has stood out to me is the relationship that students have with their professors or with their faculty members. That, that seems to be a key thing in terms of delivering uh, the value that, that we want to uh, deliver that relationship with that faculty member between the faculty member and the student is so important. So whether it's online or in person, that becomes critical. You know, I think about our faculty here at BJU, and if you were to ask them what they teach, uh, you'll probably get two answers. You'll you might get first of all the answer, well, I teach history, or I teach business, or I teach theology, or I teach nursing. But very quickly, or maybe even before that, you'll hear the faculty members say that I teach students. And of course, that, that just emphasizes the, the importance, the, the primacy of that relationship that we, that we really recognize that we are teaching other people. Uh, we're teaching fellow believers in this context, and that relationship um, is so important. And then just carrying out that mission. I think, think of the name of this, this podcast of highest potential, you know, we exist to create more opportunities, greater opportunities, give them, give our students better pathways for opportunities that they wouldn't have otherwise. And in the secular world, that's often viewed financially in terms of allowing students to progress from middle class to upper middle class. But for us, it's about greater opportunities to serve other people. And I, I think about that, and that's one of the key things that, that needs to remain constant uh, through all this change. And Beverly? Well, I'm going to piggyback that with a different, little different slant in the midst of change. I, I think our ability to be nimble and to be ready to change will be constant because I think, it's, I think our world is always changing and we have to be ready and we have to be equipped. So I think that requires us to, uh, to adjust our pedagogy and business practices 
to meet learning objectives and expectations of students, to prepare uh, prepare them to succeed in life and in what their mission that they have called from God and what God has for them in their life's mission, and to respond to the ever-changing workforce demands of employers who hire our graduates. So that I, I think we always need to be prepared to change. Well, I think both, both of those answers are really powerful truths. And the most important thing is that in the midst of these changing times, we have an unchanging God that we can look to and trust in and lead and guide us. And we, we are confident in him. We are confident in his truth. And we're thankful for what the good things God is doing at Bob Jones University. So Gary and Beverly, thank you both for taking time today to meet with us here on Highest Potential. And I hope that uh, you'll continue to follow us week after week as we try to address the issues and the relationships of the day that uh, God's people find that are important and things that they are interested in. So thank you so much, and we'll look forward to hearing, we'll get, look forward to meeting with you again here on Highest Potential. Thanks for listening to this episode of Highest Potential with Steve Pettit. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please don't forget to follow BJU on social media at BJUEDU and Dr. Steve Pettit at at BJU President.